0: Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. I'm really excited to bring you the fantastic conversation that I had with Azu from Aikido Flow. Before I do, a quick reminder to like, subscribe, and share this if you like it. If you would like to go a step further to support my work, you can offer any amount you like through a PayPal tip jar. There's a link in the description. Your support is deeply appreciated. Also, a quick update on the Spirit Aikido Online program. Recently, I've uploaded videos on how to do good body locks, including effective and practical entries, as well as smooth takedowns. These are tremendously useful and practical. I've also released a series of videos on several variations of heel hooks. These are some gems from judo that are just too effective not to learn and be able to use. There are over a hundred videos in the program with new ones added every few days. I invite you to check it out. There's a link in the description. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to my conversation with Azu. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, uh, talking with uh, Azu from Aikido Flow, uh, very popular channel on YouTube. I'm sure every, all of you've seen him or know of his work and, and the work that Aikido Flow is doing. Um, very much looking forward to having him on the show because of his, his background with bouncing, martial arts, making the making Aikido practical. And so I wanted to bring him on. Welcome, Azu. It's good to have you here.
1: It's good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. You
0: yeah. know, excellent. So I see. I see you're growing a beard in the uh in the, the COVID fashion or the COVID model of people men letting their hair grow out a little bit.
1: I do like my beard. You know, I just um I ride motorbikes as well, so you know the beard kind of goes with the with yeah. the motorcycle style. And yeah, now, yeah,
0: I've got a bike myself. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Well, very cool. Uh, well, let me kick it off just with a little uh, question, a little opener. And that mm-hmm. is, uh, w- when you, w- let's talk about your background a little bit. You've talked about this on your channel, but uh, if anybody, if any type of person to me is a testament to martial art being practical, it's people that use it in their profession. And, and I would put bouncers and doormen right at the top of the list for people that have to handle, have to handle violent people, but they can't be violent about it they don't have the protection Mm. of the state to say you know you're not going to prosecute this guy and so that's why uh i I like it when when people who have those that practical skill background can can be a testament and i think that's one of the reasons aikido is such a popular channel is that aikido practitioners they like the idea that aikido is practical
1: yeah yeah definitely practical for me like i've used it in many scenarios and and it's helped it's helped. I admit there have been times when I first kind of, kind of started to use it when you're in a, when you're in a confrontational situation and you try to do something, a lot of the times you tend to kind of freeze and forget. But once I kind of got used to it and started, had more and more confrontations and had opportunities to use it, Mm -hmm. that's when I really started to learn what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And it, really worked for me in the in the the nightclub industry you can't go around punching and kicking people unless it really kicks off you know then you're kind of justified if you're outnumbered and stuff like that but normally when it comes to just you know disgruntled clientele you have to handle them in such a way that they're not going to walk away with a broken nose or a broken jaw and I found Aikido was absolutely perfect for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's worked for me so many, so many times.
0: You know, there's, I think, also a great philosophy influence that comes from people like you who've worked in those areas, which is I have to protect the club. And that's not just mm-hmm. from tables being broken and, and you know, in, uh, customers being hurt. That's also mm-hmm. protecting the bar or the club from being sued from somebody who had too much violence put put against yes. them. Yes. And uh, and I think that's a that is something that all of us as martial artists I think would take to heart. We don't want to cause excessive harm for mm-hmm. a particular situation.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly, and also exactly. And the thing about great thing about it here is that it's given me that choice. It gives me the choice. Do I do I need to go in hard at this point, or do I just need to just restrain? Mm-hmm. And ninety nine percent of the time, it's just a case of restraining somebody. And mm-hmm. you know, you know, you can. The good thing about Aikido, like you put on like a certain lock, like a Nikyo or Ikyo or something like that. You can, especially when you're doing like Nikyo or Sankyo, you can kind of put a little bit of pain on. And if they're not feeling you, you put a little bit more. So, you know, it gives you that choice to kind of just let them feel a little bit of pain and then just give them an opportunity to just walk away. But often, sometimes they don't. You need to kind of just crank it up a notch and just let them really feel a little bit of pain. But it's still great because also because, you know, you've got onlookers and nobody really knows what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. As far as they're concerned, I'm just holding this guy by the arm or whatever. I'm just trying to restrain him, like keep him steady or whatever. They don't realise that I'm actually got them in some sort of lock and this person is feeling a little bit of pain. And, like I say, I I don't like to inflict pain on people, but sometimes, you know, my mom always used to say, if you don't hear, you need to feel. So, some people, most people hear, but when they don't hear, sometimes they need to feel, unfortunately. So, you need
0: to. That's an old school mother right there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Old school (laughs) mom, that's for sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know,
0: I've got a couple of mentors uh, in law enforcement, and they taught me about this—the the, just what you talk about, the pain thing. You said use it like a pulse, where mm-hmm. you where you you get the lock, but they're still wanting to fight you, and you pulse the pain a little bit, and just yeah. back off, and just say, "Okay, this could yeah. get worse, but I don't want to do that." You know, let's exactly. just calm <laughs> things down. It's it's a it's a pain is a tool. It's not just a like a thermonuclear bomb you drop on somebody.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah exactly it doesn't it doesn't have to be excessive pain it can just be just give them an example of what they what potential pain they could be in right it gives them an opportunity to walk away Mm -hmm. and the majority of the time they just get up and they just walk away sure which is why it's so great for me and and often when it like whenever i do techniques at work people always come up and they start asking me what was that what did you do and then they want to know what it was and they want to learn and then it ends up you know you're on the door with the rest of your colleagues you're having a little aikido lesson you know when, <laughs> when you're just quiet you all just kind of do a little bit of training and i'm uh, nice. so yeah it's great in that sense because it's like people just see it and because not many people know it a lot of the people i work with their backgrounds totally different a lot of mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu people you know people do thai boxing and stuff mm-hmm. like that so their background is different so when they see What I do, they're always eager to learn because they realise that often what they do, I get wrong. They're great martial arts, but on the door, you can't punch people, you can't kick people, you don't want to be rolling around on the floor. As much as as brilliant as jujitsu is, I don't want to roll around on the floor with anybody because then their mate comes and kicks me in the head when I'm Mm. on the floor restraining them. So that's why Aikido has just been absolutely perfect for me.
0: Yeah, and that's, I think, why within the spectrum of all the martial arts and the martial sports, they all have their specialties and they all have the the areas that they shine. And Mm -hmm. the way that I see it is Aikido and even Judo shines with, you have two people that are standing, you're both on your feet, you both approached, you start getting into range and there's probably something else going on. There's probably a conversation going on or or some sort of verbal exchange, which you don't really, you don't have in a sport fight. You don't have arguing, puffing up. Um, you know the intimidation, the threats, yeah. the the uh, the monkey dance, as it's sometimes yeah. called. You don't have any of that stuff, or mm-hmm. or the raw ambush. Once the referee mm-hmm. says go, both fighters know that they're there to fight. But in a yeah. civilian situation, mm-hmm. you're not always sure if the person that's barking at you is actually going to fight or not. And that's that's a, that's a huge variable, wouldn't you
1: say? Yeah, that's definitely. And the reason, the way I identify that is. I remember when I, I first started studying Aikido when I was about, I think I must have been about 18 years old. And I remember me and my cousin, we went to see a Steven Seagal movie, Out for Justice, mm-hmm. in the cinema. And we, were, we saw it on a Friday night, and I, and I think the following Monday, we were in a dojo and we were trading. And I remember my teacher at the time, he said to me, put one hand in the air. Let me see your palm. And I put one hand, and he said to me, Put the other hand up. And I put this hand up. And he said to me, Take a step back. And I step back. And he says, Take another step back. And I step back. And he kept telling me to step back. And I kept stepping back, stepping back. I'm thinking, What's this guy? What's he? What's this guy playing? At? What's he trying to show me? This ain't martial arts. And he goes to me, That's your first move. If you're in a confrontational situation, you put your hands up and you step back. And if that person keeps on coming forwards, then you know that this person is going to potentially attack you. And also, for all the onlookers, you know, back then we didn't even have mobile phones. It was just like CCTV with videotapes, but mm-hmm. they've got so many mobile phones and all the onlookers, when the police come after, you've, after the carnage, every, every witness will say, well, the big black dude, he was stepping back he kept stepping back and he didn't want any trouble, you know, but a guy kept coming forward towards him and that's when it all kicked off. At least you've always got that in your defense and especially these days where everyone's putting a mobile phone at you. CCTV is now HD quality. It's not like videotapes back in my days. And so everybody's watching and you need to always project that you don't want any, you're not the hostile one. You're the one who's passive. It's a passive stance, but it's also a defensive stance because your hands are out in front of you and they're there to protect you and you're just stepping backwards. And everyone can see that you don't want any trouble and this person continues to come forward. Then in my mind, you know, depending on how far I've walked back, once I hit the wall behind me, I'm in, I'm, I I'm. legitimately in my mind can defend myself regardless of whether or not this person has attacked yet because I've backed off, you keep coming towards me, you're showing the aggression. Therefore, I can retaliate. That's the way I look at it. So for me, that was, that was the, one of the best moves, best technique I learned, just putting your hands up and stepping backwards. Clearing and some I space. Really
0: in, in, the, the uh, in the US legal system, they call that being, being an active participant. You're showing you're not trying to be an active participant, yes. as opposed to yes. puffing up and saying, you want a piece of this? Now, yes. now it doesn't really matter then who threw the first punch it, you are you actively decided to get into that situation exactly. and now you can you really don't have any justifiable self-defense
1: yeah, exactly
0: uh, blame anymore
1: and the thing is that I know what I'm about to say is gonna sound bad but
2: oh, if later happens, there. You
1: step, when you step back they can see you but no one knows what you're saying you can be stepping back and saying what come on do you want some of this do you want some yeah. but your body language is saying something else right. you know, you could be you could be saying whatever you want. You could be talking about the person's mother, mm-hmm. but all the onlookers, CCTV, they can't hear you. Right. So as far as they're concerned, you're just, you're the passive one. You're stepping back. You don't want any trouble, even though you're saying, you know, whatever it is you want to say about, you know, offensive to this person. Sure. What you, you know, want, that
0: actually crosses really- over something I've heard from, uh, from people that talk about, you know advising especially young women that, are, that go on dates and stuff and they say the, that big red flag is when you say no to somebody and they mm-hmm. ignore it you say yeah. don't put you, you know, take your hand off my leg please don't touch me or please don't stroke my hair and they ignore yeah. you and they keep going to me what mm-hmm. you just described was the physical version of the same way hey i'm back i back up i don't want to fight i don't want to mm-hmm. be involved in this i don't want any trouble you're basically yeah. saying no and as they pursue you now there's that that big red flag that says, I don't care if you say no, I'm going to keep coming anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a,
0: a, a good, good strategic language. approach.
1: Yes, yes. Your body language is probably the most important thing because it can, it can, you can read a lot from another person just from your body language. If mm-hmm. they, and often, because you're stepping back, they feel like they've got the upper hand. And now they're kind of almost underestimating you, like, okay, this person's backing off. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're scared of me, you know, because right. he's backing them.
0: Any and good predator like, can smell fear.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you're or submission. Kind of, yeah, exactly. You're, you're, yeah, you're actually submissive to them, and they just feel like, okay, I've won. And often, that will often be enough to make that person walk away because they feel mm-hmm. like, oh, he's submissive. He doesn't want any trouble. Nine times out of ten, they don't want trouble. They're mm-hmm. just there because. It's more a pride thing now, you know, mm-hmm. but if you're still backing off, you know, look, I don't want any of this. They feel like, okay, I've won. Yeah. You're scared. Now I can turn around and walk away. And mm-hmm. often that's what happens. But sure. if you don't walk away, that's when you can retaliate. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, one of the other things about it, about bouncers that, and, and professionals and security that I, that I think connects to average people. And that is the principle that, if you ever in, encounter some sort of violence, just go, just always leave. And, yes. and on the surface, that looks like a good strategy. And a lot of times it is. And one of my favorite sayings is, if you get into a situation that you feel is kind of, your safety is kind of an issue, ask yourself, mm-hmm. do I really need to be in this room right now? Is this, mm-hmm. this is there place I would be better for me to be? Do I have to be here? And a lot of times the answer will be no. I've gotten some great stories from other martial artists about times mm-hmm. where i said, I should have just said, no, I don't need to be in this room and I should have left. <laughs> but there are times when there are innocent people that could be hurt. There, there could be, for a bouncer, it'd be doing his job and saying this guy is going to go off the rails and he's going to hurt somebody else, or he's going to hurt, hurt the club. We, I need to intervene and deal with this. And I think even mm-hmm. the average person might encounter uh, their wife, their spouse, their children—somebody might be approached and threatened. They can't mm-hmm. just leave. They have to yeah. intervene, and yes. that's where I—that's th- where I think there's a level of self-protection that goes on. But just saving your own skin—it's saving mm-hmm. somebody else, an innocent person.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because I know the club I'm currently working at—it's got we've got a pro about anywhere between twenty and twenty-five security. So, if I'm in a competitive situation and the person there, they're, I'm the person they're targeting, I can say, look, I'm going to go inside, you know, let me go to the toilet. Hopefully, by the time I come back, this person's gone. Because there's another, like, there's another load of other security that can come and take my position. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of, you know, get that make that person calm down, especially if it's me. If I'm the one who's kicked them out or refused them entry and their their anger is directed at me, once I disappear, the person will calm down. But sometimes you're in a situation where it's like, before I used to do security full-time, I only do it part-time now, but I would start at five o'clock and it'll be me and one other security starting at five o'clock. And when you got two of us and you got four guys in front of you, you can't walk away. You need to stay there and defend it because you can't leave your colleague by itself. You can't pick up the club and walk away. You know, you're there, so you can't move. And that's the scenario where you have to just stand your ground and just... Um, and you can't even really back off because you're. Suddenly, I'm always on the front door. So you stand on the front door, you know, how far can I step back? But just still just show my hands, don't want in trouble. Now, I know the CCTV is watching, going in trouble, but sometimes you just can't walk away. You can't walk right. away.
0: You know, we, we had here in the Twin Cities, uh, there's a, an amusement park out at the edge of town. And mm-hmm. uh, very popular, very family-oriented family, owned, family oriented place. It's huge. And a couple summers ago, we had a guy with his family, his wife and his two daughters were there. And they were leaving the park, you know, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And they go out of the gate. And there's some ne'er-do-wells that were hanging out near there. And they're catcalling the teenage girls, you know. And this guy decided to hurt his, like, let's just get to the car and go. They looked over to the security booth, and it was empty. There was nobody there. So he said, we're just going to leave. These guys followed him. They got to the car and beat and beat and him, attacked him and beat him so badly he was in the hospital for like a week. So even the idea of let's just leave, let's go, doesn't mean you're not going to be followed. And yeah. at that point, there's a strategic kind of mind that needs to kick in. Is where, where can I go that's going to be a better advantage to me, and not be caught in between a couple of cars out mm-hmm. in the middle of a parking lot with you know mm-hmm. ten thousand cars out there and nobody around.
1: Yeah, no, um, you know, these
0: things that. can happen. It's 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 sad that self protection or self defense isn't just a mm-hmm. you know really simple formula. It's yeah. it's not.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And I've always said to my, to my partner, I've always said to her, listen, if ever we're out and we're in a confrontational situation, you know, and we're trying to walk away and we can't, I'm gonna give you the keys and you go to the car and you let me deal with it because it's gonna be worse for me if I do have to fight and she's running around between us and trying to break it up and hold everybody back and, you know, no, don't fight. Therefore, I, got, I need to protect you and myself. Mm -hmm. I'll be better off just having to protect myself. So I've got more chance of getting out of this if you make yourself scarce. I've I've warned her about that. and I know it would be a hard thing for her to do to walk away, but she needs to walk away. And whatever, she's waiting around the corner for me. She's gonna go and get help. She's gonna go and sit in the car. Wherever she's gonna go, you know, we'll meet up later and let me deal with this.
0: You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I've had the very same conversation and, and my wife, uh, she's short. She comes from a, a Spanish bloodline and, it's, and it runs hot. And uh, boy, if, if somebody wants to threaten me, they're, they're, me is not the one they're going to have to worry about. They're going to have to worry about her. She's going to go flying past me, throwing shoes and going to attack like a Wolverine. So I, I had to tell, like, I want you to, to if I say time to go you take you take off i'm gonna give you about fifteen seconds and I'll be right behind you but do not do not turn into an attack beast because now i'm gonna have to you know i'm gonna have to deal with that situation too
2: um, she's a fireball and
0: uh yeah so but i I think this the same thing is true. you have to think like tactically at that point of, you know how many things can you juggle to have to try to try to keep up with and you know we, as we practice randori we practice dealing with multiple people but we don't have friendlies in the way of trying to yeah, work around
1: exactly
0: around those those type of people in fact i was thinking and i was going to ask you about this with your security do you basically do a type of randori training with multiple nagas with your security people to give them the idea of how do we checkmate somebody approach them where they can't be seen to 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 apprehend them or or that sort of thing because that, that would be an interesting exercise.
1: Yeah, it would be sort of in a way we don't kind of we never kind of full on practice because there's no time you're on the door but one thing we do discuss is is to let somebody lead. And when I say look let go I've got him you let go because there's nothing worse than when you're trying to restrain somebody and one person pulling in one way, the other person pulling in the other way. You end up kind of almost fighting with each other Mm -hmm. as well as trying to restrain this person. So once I've got some sort of lock on, a wrist lock or something, I always tell them, let go, you know, I've got him. He's Mm -hmm. not going to do anything. And then they understand that they need to let go because I can just put him in like a, there's a lock where you get the hand down like this. Yep, and you, the
0: gooseneck, yep.
1: Yes, and you grab the thumb and do this. Once I've got them in that, I can walk wherever I want with them, and they're not going to do anything to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Or
1: even the one I love is when you've got a Sankyo, mm-hmm. and you know, when you've got them like this, and if they try to hit you with the other hand, they're turning in on themselves and inflicting right. pain on themselves. So that's one also which I love. Yeah. And once I've got them in that, I say, look, let go, I've got him. I walk up the road with them, let them feel a bit of pain, say, listen, you need to walk away. Mm-hmm. And they always, nine times out of ten, they'll walk away. But, yeah, that's what we do discuss, just not to kind of let somebody lead. So it's we're like not a teamwork uh, a teamwork thing. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. I mean, some some security are very overzealous. They're, they're, they're too eager. You know, I'm on the front door, and I get a call on the radio, oh, code red, code red inside. Now I'll tell you what, 99% of code reds are just, you know, it's just nothing. It's just like two guys fighting, you know, but you've got one security inside is panics a bit, shouts a code red, mm-hmm. everyone goes running in. I don't run, I stay on the door. I just stay on yeah. the door, because I know if it's really bad, the cons will continue when they get to the front door. And right. then I'll be, because most of the time you end up running inside when you hear on the radio, everybody stand down, stand down. It's all fine. Because mm-hmm. we got, we've got 20 guys inside anyway. So sure. I don't do it, but some security will always just run because they want a piece of the action. Mm-hmm. They want a piece of the action. You know, if it comes to me, it comes to me. But 99% of the time, they've handled it inside. There's no need for me to run inside. If it comes outside, then I'll deal with it. A lot of them are too overzealous. So when it comes to... When it comes to restraining somebody with another member security, they want to be the one to, even, especially if the person has maybe done something to them, you know, they may have thrown a drink at the security or something like that or punched them. They want that revenge. Mm -hmm. And they want to just, you know, get in there and, you know, get their two pence worth. I'm not about that. I'm just about. And a a pro won't
0: be. The cool head is the one that, that does a exactly. real job
1: i i want to go home mm-hmm. i i learned that a very long time ago when um i worked in a nightclub called elbow rooms and i remember i went for the for the interview they're looking for a new head of security i went for the interview and they said to me look we need to tell you something the previous the reason why we're interviewing for a new head of security is because the previous head of security got shot on this door mm. and um uh, you know some The area it was in is quite a bad area. Quite a lot of so-called wannabe gangsters would come to the club. Mm -hmm. And so they basically said to me, look, it's been so head on, we got shot here. We need another member security. It's quite a rough place, but we need someone who can, you know, who can handle the customers, who's not too aggressive, not too active. So they gave me the job. And I remember one of the first couple of months, I'm on the door. This guy comes up, and I just didn't. I didn't like his vibe, so I said, no, "I'm sorry, sir. You know, can't come in." I always use excuse: members only, whatever, guest list, or whatever. And he looks at me and he said to me, "All right, I understand. I know exactly what happens to security on this door. You wait there." And he turns around to walk away. Now I'm thinking, "Whoa, whoa! He's gonna go and get. Obviously, he's making references references to the previous doorman who got shot." Mm-hmm. So I just took him out, you know, leg beat him, end up, you know, bish, bash, bosh. And then, you know, he's on the floor. Next minute, ambulance, police, I'm in handcuffs and I'm, I'm away. Then I'm back out a few months later, another incident, about 20 guys in a club fighting. We managed to get them all out. They tried to rush the door again. So first one comes, bang, bang, second one, bang, bang, third one, a leg sweeps him, hit the floor, hit his head on the floor, split his head open. Again, police, ambulance, me in handcuffs. So I'm going to court for two cases at the same time. Mm -hmm. Now my solicitor, my lawyer saying to me, you know, you might go to jail. He's saying to me, he said, and that was. This went on for a year because I don't know how it works in the states, but in England, it's just so long, such a long process. Your first day in court, you just confirm your name, mm-hmm. you know. Then they tell you to go home. Solicitor says we need to take more statements. You go away. You come back second time. We haven't checked the CCTV yet. You go home, and this just going on and on. This for two separate cases, and I'm thinking to myself, if I get away with one, I'm not getting away with the other. You know, I'm probably going to jail. And for one moment, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. How am I going to tell my mum? How am I going to tell my girlfriend? How am I going to tell my family? You know, And that was probably the worst year of my life. Wow. And eventually, f- thankfully, the club I worked at, I knew one of the kind of local gangsters. So I spoke to him. He went by the name of Jay, not his real name. But that's what he called himself. Mm-hmm. I spoke to him. I told him my situation. And he knew the guy who threatened me. So he just went to him and said to him, don't come to court. And the guy kind of listened and didn't come to court. The next case, I think the guys just didn't turn up to court at all. So eventually both cases got thrown out. Uh-huh. And that was like the biggest relief. And that went on for a year wow. of my life. And it was just like, you know, I remember being depressed for that year thinking, you know, I'm going to jail. I'm going yeah. to jail. My sister was, the way he was talking, he was saying, look, You haven't done anything like this before. So what we're gonna fight for in court is hopefully they won't give you the maximum sentence. This is what he's telling me. Mm -hmm. He's saying, you're gonna fight so that my sentence isn't that long. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I'm hearing the word jail. (laughs) That's (laughs) what I'm Yeah, that's a cold
0: slap in the face.
1: Yes, exactly. And so from then, I just learned like, in any situation, I need to, you know, I need to just kind of, I need to hold it down, you know? And there are situations where, you know, you might need to attack and you might need to defend yourself and you might need to act before that person's even done something. I knew that guy was going to go away and get a gun and come back to the club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I thought I have to stop him. Mm-hmm. But it just made me, it, it, that taught me a lot. That really taught me a lot, that experience. And from then on, it just made me, it humbled me and it made me not kind of be so eager to run to where the trouble is. Right. If it comes to me, it comes to me. Because even that alone in court will, will work against you. You know, if you go through the trouble, it's gonna work against you. Well, if, if not, if the trouble comes to you, you're in a better position and you can't really do anything about it. It, it taught me so much taught me so much and since then I've just kind of I've humbled myself and I've just been a lot more passive and more kind of understanding and just tried to resolve every single confrontation without any form of violence but obviously it's not always possible
0: right you know your story reminds me of, uh, of a time long ago when I, I was working security one of the first times and mm-hmm. and uh, the See, the guy was running security. He and I were helping the band set up their equipment and get it get it hauled in. It's fairly early in the evening, and we're, I'm standing right next to him. I remember this very vividly. And he looks up and he watches this guy walk in the club, and he says, "Watch this guy." And you know, he said it pretty seriously. So of course, I looked right at him, and I'm I'm looking at the belt, looking at you know, what did he see to say this guy's going to be trouble? And as, he, as, as I'm watching this guy, he says, mark my words, by the end of the night, we're going to be hauling him out of here.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm,
0: I'm looking at him just like, it seemed to me like I, I was just a guy walking in a club. He didn't, he wasn't, didn't look like a you know, troublemaker. He wasn't dressed like a thug, um, you know, older guy. And I'm, I'm studying this guy. And I asked, asked the, the security dude, I said, do you, do you know this guy? Said, no, never seen him before. Never been in here as far as I know. But just, just mark my word, watch this dude. And sure enough, by midnight, he was drunk and we, we hauled him out of there. And that got me, it was a profound lesson that somebody could have that level of body language eye for what he was looking at. And that led me into a path of profiling and of the art of profiling, like how FBI and, and criminologists will profile not only body language, but behaviors. Uh, all yes. of these things—it's a fascinating science—and people that have that are in environments like that build just naturally yes. that eye of the the gut, the the instinct, um, yes. the, of trouble. Like, not—it's not a hundred percent, but it's a pretty high percentage of when it yes. when that instinct gets honed and and your ability to watch and see for potential trouble, you know what it starts to look like. Yes. And most normal people are oblivious to to it, and yes. I was at that time too.
1: Uh, yeah, you can often, often, it's just a feeling you have. Right. It's a feeling you, have. you see someone, there's, there's certain traits like, it's sad that we have to actually profile people, because I know here you profile someone, they're like, are oh, you, you know, it's just because of you know, the color of my skin or what I'm right. wearing or something like that. that and that, they'll always assume that. But mm-hmm. sometimes... Which is not a, thing, true,
0: a true definition of profiling. That's not really what it's about.
1: Exactly. I've seen people walk up to the club, dressed smart, you know, in a suit and everything. But then I look at him from behind. He's wearing a suit, but his pants are hanging down. He's still wearing his trousers in that gangster way with his mm-hmm. pants hanging down. And I know, okay, you're wearing a suit. You probably bought that two years ago. We had a job interview. But really, you're just, we call them roadmen here. You know, mm-hmm. They're always doing whatever it is they're doing. You're still a roadman. And nah, that just gives me... Bad feeling, and I just sure. said, "No, nah, you can't." When you ever dressed fine, I said, nah you know. In my head, I'm thinking, "No, nah, you're you're just a roadman in a suit," you know. Mm-hmm. But that would fool me. So you have to kind of those things. But often, what I do, I always have a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. and I and what and what a technically do on the doors, we refuse them. We say, "Sorry, sorry, you can't come in." I'm sorry, you know. Guess this only, and depends on their attitude. If they're like Oh, okay, you know, where else is good to go around here? You know, you have a little chat with them, yeah. There's a club here, a club there. When they turn around to work they say, Thanks a lot, mate. You stop them, you say, Whoa, 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 wait, 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 come in. But a lot of them would be like, Oh, you really and they go into one when you refuse them. And once they do that, that's just a good technique to just suss them out and just say, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry, you can't come in. It's kind of an interview. Yes, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. yep.
0: Exactly. And that's the thing, like, I think everybody's got that certain uh, perception to, to, to get a, a handle when somebody's a little agitated, or they're a little um, uh, bristling, or they're angry, or they're uh, there's something that's not at ease with their with their spirit. And yeah. you can you can really get a feel for it. And that's something it's hard to, hard to simulate in a dojo. Uh, and yeah. I've seen, you know, people that police trainers and whatnot that try to do some role-playing and they can do pretty good because they've seen this behavior a lot they've seen the, the beginnings of the monkey dance and the you know the yeah. eyes glaring <laughs> and the shoulders puff back and yeah. and some of that behavior but it's it's hard to, to get a thorough uh scenario training like you would see in real life
1: true um, true. true we and, we try to implement that in our dojo yeah we try. and what i do like I feel I'm quite good at that because I'm, I try to, I, what I do, I'll put on uh, head protection, chest protection, mm-hmm. and I will just try, take it in turns, and I will come upon my students and I will try to intimidate them. Mm-hmm. I'll push them, I'll grab them, you know, I'll, be, I'll hold them, I'll try to pin them down. i said, say, what you got for me? I'll put my hand in their pockets like I'm simulating takers of them, and I want them to feel my strength and i want them to feel i want them to feel intimidating that but i need them i say you need to take me down i don't care how you do it you know you can it can be an elbow to the head you know punch mm-hmm. the sofa, but you need to do something you know tension agi is great one yep. but you need to do something that's going to take me down and you i'm going to try to intimidate you as much as i can
2: mm-hmm.
1: very rarely do they take me down because the intimidation even in the dojo, even though we've trained together yeah. for, you know, the past two years, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, a lot of people, once you kind of get them in that situation, they just freeze up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we try to simulate a lot of, you know, real life situations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, it works. And But to be honest, I'm probably the only one that can do it properly because I've been in those situations and I'm probably often the biggest person in there and that's where they'll really feel the intimidation and they'll feel the strength and they'll know I'm stronger than them and they'll think oh can I take this guy down which is what I used to go through when I was first started training you know you train with someone you get used to it and then you swap partners and then you see like I'm an orange belt and training with a black belt and, and then it all goes through your mind can I can I take this person down can I you know you start to doubt yourself mm-hmm. and you don't go through with that assertiveness you tend sure. to kind of hold back and then it kind of because you're intimidated
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're intimidated and and so to get over that intimidation and that took me a very very long time to be standing on the door and get over that intimidation and it's what aikido helped me with so much just getting over that initial you know feeling intimidating mm-hmm. my first I remember when I, when I first started trading Aikido, my, I was probably, like I say, I was about 18. My sister, I've got three older sisters. Now, her, she just, one of my sisters just split up with her boyfriend. He was probably about, I'm about 18, he was probably about 24. He was bigger than me, taller than me, older than me. He came to my workplace and he comes to me and he says, tell your sister, and I'm thinking I'm some sort of young gangster. I said, shut up. You tell her, well, I don't come to my workplace and blah, 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 you know. He went outside, he got a rubbish bin out of the, rubbish bag out of the bin, and he threw it at me. Then he came at me and he grabbed me by the throat. Now, he's stronger than me. And first of all, I froze. Mm-hmm. And then I grabbed his hand and I started to try to perform a Nikyo on him. You know, I tried to perform a Nikyo and it just didn't work. And he was holding me by my neck and slapping me, slapping me. And I'm trying to do a Nikyo and I'm just concentrating on this one hand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was, I was so experienced. First, I was so inexperienced. First of all, I didn't perform the technique correctly. I was trying to pit my strength against, against his strength. And stronger. I didn't move my body. You know, I could have implemented my arms. We put the arm over the top and all that stuff. I could have done so many things. And the second thing I could have done and which I teach my students today, because I teach Aikido, but I've also got like a self-defense class. Mm-hmm. And whenever somebody grabs you, what you tend to focus on is this hand they're grabbing you with. Someone grabs you by your wrist, like especially with women, they'll focus on getting this wrist out, getting, this, getting out of that person's grip. But they've got your wrist. You've got this, you've got this, you've got your knees, you've got your feet. Why focus on this hand on the wrist when you can you know mm-hmm. chop him in the throat you know strike to the throat you can put a finger in their eye put two fingers in their nostrils you know mm-hmm. you thumb in their eyeball you know knee in the groin there's so many things you can do but we tend to focus on that one point where they've grabbed and which is what i did when i was inexperienced and when you're in that it's
0: like position, your mind gets captured
1: Yes, exactly. And you just freeze. Everything goes out the window. Everything goes out the window. So it's, it's so nice being able to do Aikido and being in the security industry because, you know, that happens the first few times and it takes a while to kind of get out of that. And eventually you're in a competitive situation. You're much calmer. You know, you're much more in control and you're much more alert. And I think the great thing about Aikido is that before I started doing Aikido, like most people, someone throws a punch at you, your instinct is to move back. Mm-hmm. In Aikido, now, my instinct is to move sideways and forwards.
0: Yes, forwards so, and sideways, yep.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's like, that's become my instinct now, mm-hmm. which is, just you know, I've seen so many people, so many fights and someone's throwing punch, punch, back and off, back and off, back and off. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Move forward now, move forward, you know, and it's like, yeah. no, that's an instinct. So you're getting close and you're forward, and now you're in a position where you can do something. Sure. So that's kind of, that, that helped me to just get out of that, you know, that phase where something happens and you kind of freeze and you just forget everything, you know, and it's just kind of, I've been in a situation where someone's been throwing punches at me and I'm just able to kind of keep my eyes on them and just kind of dodge a few times and then move in. Whereas Mm -hmm. before, it would be like, whoa, 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 you know, Let myself, move back. Yeah, even without
0: subsequent punches, if you move back, you're out of range to really do anything. You need to get get back into range. Whereas you move forward, now you're starting to flood the striker. And strikers don't like to be flooded. Uh,
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're putting yourself in a position where they can just keep on throwing more punches. They can just close that gap and just keep on attacking you. But if you... You know, you, you don't have to do anything. Once you're getting close, you know, you grab and just be like, oh, you know, calm down, you know? So I've done that a few times. Calm down, let them feel a bit of strength. Even though I'm just holding them or whatever, just, you know, calm down. Mm-hmm. They're not in a position anymore where they keep on throwing punches. And often, most people don't want trouble. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, what, the good thing about being, I'm 6'2". Mm-hmm. The good thing about being six foot two, being quite big is, The majority of people, when they want to attack me, they want to just hit me as hard as they can and get out of there. No one wants to stand toe-to-toe and go Mm -hmm. fight against somebody bigger than them. They want to just bang, and they want to go. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about that is that the majority of people that attack me, they always come with a big old hook, which with with Aikido is just perfect. Mm -hmm. You move it and block it, or you absorb it. Or you know you do whatever, but you just see it coming from a mile away, and that's what that's the advantage of being a big guy because nobody really wants to stand there and just trade trade blows with you. They want to hit you. Often they'll they'll pretend to walk away and they'll sneak back again and then try to hit you. Boom and run. Mm -hmm. As long as your wits are about you, you'll be able to just see it coming and just you know that's why Aikido for me it just worked great. I can't really say it, the only other martial arts I've studied, I've studied a bit of Wing Chun, Mm There was a guy used to live across the road from me, we grew up together, he had a dojo in his house, and we used to go there and train, you know, he taught me how to punch, you know, a few blocks Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and I thought that was just great, and that was great to combine with the Aikido. Mm I remember I did a bit of kickboxing and a bit of karate, but nothing that I can say that, You know, Mm -hmm. I've carried with me. That was when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. The Wing Chun and the Aikido, you know, it's just been such a great mix. And it's just just really helped me in confrontational situations and just being able to just control my attacker and for us both be able to just walk away at the end of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Wing Chun does great, especially with tight quarters. And I imagine that a bouncer, a lot of times you just don't have much space. There's always going to be tight yes. space or limited, you know, you got walls, mm. you got other people around, you just don't, you don't have room to do big things.
1: Yes, um, exactly. That's why also with Aikido, certain techniques are not, I found are not appropriate when I'm working on the door. Like, take, like Shionagi, we do doing like right. big samples and stuff like that. So we do like a shorter version of that, which is just kind of like arm locking, you just put sure. the arm on the back and just take them down. So you've got a bit more space. There's certain techniques like, or in and stuff like that. It's just like, it's sometimes it's not practical for where you are. Mm-hmm. But that's the great thing about Aikido. It's always given me that choice, you know, mm-hmm. other than just, you know, to kick somebody or to punch somebody. Sure. You know, I'm, I know how to punch. I punch quite hard from the Wing Chun and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm, uh, it's always given me a little bit of choice, which has been great. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, in fact, uh, as I'm thinking about it, some of the big throws with Aikido could probably even be overkill. You know, somebody goes to yeah. grab you and you turn them head heads upside down and they yeah. land on their head because they don't <laughs> yes, do no exactly. ukemi. That can be nothing hits harder than the planet, which is yeah, throw somebody to the ground true. and that can really jack someone up.
1: It's so true. But often it depends on what you're doing. I, I remember being in a situation where I performed a tension argue on this guy. He, um, uh, It wasn't even, It wasn't. we kicked him out of the club and he just turned on some random passerby, headbutted him and got him down to the ground and started kicking him. Mm -hmm. And I ran up and I just did a tension argue on him. Mm -hmm. Now, the impact literally, it hit him, boom, and he just fell down like a tree, boom. It knocked him out cold. Mm -hmm. It just knocked him out. And immediately I'm thinking, oh, I'm scared. I'm gonna get arrested again. You know, oh no, I'm finished, you know. You know, police came, this guy was out cold for about three minutes. Police came and then he, police got, officer didn't even speak to me. He just walked down to check out the CCTV. And then he came up to me and said to me, okay, so explain what happened. And I said, well, look, you know, he got into conversation with this guy. He got him down on the floor and he started kicking him on the floor. Now I ran up and my aim was just to kind of grab him and hold him, I said. And But then I kind of went too far, and he moved forward a bit. And then the impact, he just impacted on me at my shoulder. And then he just fell down. And I don't know what was going on. I don't know what happened. And police officer looked at me and goes to me, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like on the CCTV. But obviously, he didn't realize that I just did attention argue on him. All right. you know, was like, boom, I came in. Mm-hmm. But with his eyes, it just looked like I was just trying to grab him. And we just collided. And that's what I said. And it was just like... Great, got away with that one. And and I'll tell you, it wasn't, this was after, this was a few years after the situation where I got arrested mm. and my heart was just pounding. Because I just oh, thought, I oh my God, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get arrested again tonight. I've just knocked a guy out on the front door. right? And it was fortunate that Aikido gave, you know, If it would, be, it would have been so much different if I elbowed him in his face or punched oh, yeah. him. It would have been a whole different story. Mm-hmm. But because it was just, you know, attention agi, this police officer doesn't know that I study Aikido. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Sure. And then he walked away, and that was it. You know, relief. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Aikido has helped me also, you know, not, also, not only get out of situations, but, you know, preventing me from getting into a really bad situation. Well,
0: and that's like what we were talking about a little bit earlier, where you had to intervene to save somebody that was getting beat up, like mm-hmm. a helpless person was getting yeah, victimized. Exactly. So exactly. now if you have to intervene, and you I don't even think you could fairly say, well, Azu, you should have done that because you were working a door. If I was just a person standing there, I would have let that guy get get, mm-hmm. get perhaps killed. Like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't let an innocent person get you know, knocked yeah, to the ground exactly. and kicked in the head. By, by somebody, I'd have to do something. I'd feel compelled to help them. Uh-huh. Um, you know. Exactly.
1: I've actually got that footage on CCTV but oh, because yeah. the, the manager actually gave it to me, the, the recording, but it's really poor quality because this was sure. like a long time ago. But it was really poor quality. But you just vaguely see me, you kind of see it, and you yep. see me kind of come with attention, argue, and the guy just disappears out of view of the camera. But yeah, it was a. Um, uh, I sometimes say that to my students because I want them to, you know, sometimes the thing about Aikido is that some people, you're a bit skeptical. And some people will come and be like, nah, you know, that's not really, like nah. when, te- when you teach Tenshinaga, you teach it in a certain way, you know, the mm-hmm. heaven and earth and all that stuff. And they're kind of confused. And when I say, look, in the real situation, this is how you use it. It's more like it can translate to just a simple clothesline, mm-hmm. but it's about getting that movement, movement through, body in assertively and I showed them the footage to show look this is basically what this technique is mm-hmm. and then they have a more of a understanding of how sure. it works. I feel like Aikido is a lot like some of Aikido is a lot like the Karate Kid movie when he's doing the wax on and wax off and he doesn't know what he's, the what, mo- he's what the movements are
2: more. yeah,
1: yeah don't know until he gets to a situation where he realizes what it's all about. And that's what Aikido, that's what Aikido has been a lot for me. Mm -hmm. My sensei used to teach us a lot of foot movements and stuff like that. And I'd be like, what's all this about? Like, I want to learn how to, you know, I want to learn how to (laughs) do something.
0: I want to put somebody (laughs) down.
1: Yes, exactly. I remember after certain lessons where we, sometimes we'd have two hours of doing foot movements. You know, Mm -hmm. movement, dodging, avoiding. Mm-hmm. And when we're putting the mats away, I would say to one of the people I trained, listen, let's just quickly, let me just, you know, throw a punch and, you know, let's just quickly do something like, you know, I want to throw you, I want to be throwing as well, you know, let me do something, do a coat on me or, you know, I wanted to just feel some of that, you know, nah. you know, <laughs> yep. two hours of just moving around. And I couldn't kind of, I just thought, oh, what's all this about? I hate these lessons. But was only as I went a few years down the line, I realized, okay, that's what it's all about I mm-hmm. understand I understand why my sensei was so adamant about learning these movements mm-hmm. and, but you know you've, just got you've got to stick with it you got to stick with yeah. it you know it's funny you
0: mention that because I started my dojo about nine years ago, so I, and mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about teaching since I started and one mm-hmm. of those one of the things I really wanted to do was to overcome that very issue that you talk about, which is how long does it take before you start to feel like you have some practical understanding and mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a number of great arts out there that they within six months, they get some good practical understanding to their students. And I think Aikido can do the exact same thing. There's no excuse that that we need to say, you got to do three or four or five years before you start getting any practical, yes. you know, practical idea. And now you don't have to be killing each other, but I've sort of used my my teaching and my students as a test bed. See, how, how can we go even taking a brand new person that walks in off the street in the first week and say... I'm going to show you a nage that will take you down. And yeah. if you want to put somebody down who's big, this is, these are the mm-hmm. formula for how you do it, and this is what you need to do. And of course, the footwork is important. You know, the the, the crucial points of making those things work, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they have to be there. But I don't think there's any reason you need to wait two or three years to start mm-hmm. showing students how effectively you can take somebody's posture and balance mm-hmm. and how quickly you do it with those good fundamentals.
1: Mm-hmm. And th- that's one of the reasons, that's why, Another reason why I actually got hooked on Aikido, because I remember going to my first lesson and being able to come home to my sister, say to her, sister, look, grab my wrist, grab my wrist. And I would Mm -hmm. show her something, because obviously when you're first learning, you just learn from simple wrist grabs and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I would show her something like a a Nikyo or something, and she'd be like, ow! And I'd be like, (laughs) okay. In one day, I've learned something that I can come out and show people, and Mm -hmm. inflict a bit of pain. And that's what was that's what appealed to me as well. Like people come into my dojo and I always make sure they're able to leave with just like at least one technique mm-hmm. so that they can go and show somebody and be like, okay, you know, I like mm-hmm. this, this kind of works, you know, I, you know, it was a good technique. And and it's, I I really enjoy doing it and just performing those sure. techniques. And that's what's great. Cause I know other martial arts, I know, I don't know how long, how long does it take before you can throw a decent punch or a decent kick. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't come to a karate class and for after one day go home and show somebody a roundhouse kick. Right. You know, you can't do that. But at least I know with Aikido, you can go home and show somebody a Nikkyo or a Kota yeah. And it's like, that's what appealed to me so much. And yeah, you're so right. You can just come with people, students can just learn,
2: Yeah.
1: pick up techniques very quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: there's also, the very complex part of, you know, of, you know, certain, certain bits are much harder to learn. Oh, yeah. Give them something easy just to, just to entice them and give them an idea of, look, this is what it's about. And this is what you'll be learning in the future. And although you can do it now to a certain degree, I remember I used to do certain techniques and I thought I was good at them. And then when my sensei done it to me, it was like, wow, I
2: don't a have thing.
1: to do it like that. You know, I can't do it like that. Right. Although I went home thinking, yeah, I can, you know, I've learned something. But then that just made me want to be able to do it like my sensei could do it.
0: Right. It yeah, you can't expect perfection out of, you know, six-month students.
1: In fact, yeah.
0: this is a, one of my favorite stories is that uh, one of my most devoted students, uh, he was a, a re, now he's now retired, but he was a SWAT, SWAT team officer and a medic mm-hmm. on, a, on a firefighting team. And his daughter came and signed up. She was 15 years old. And now she was pretty physical. She was a rugby player, but, you know, she's a 15-year-old girl. And he was probably 225 pounds, at about six feet, bigger than she was. And it was within her first couple of weeks of classes. And, of course, he's eager, you know, and he's a practically-minded guy. He says, You know, she comes home and says, all right, show me what you learned tonight. And I don't even remember what the technique was, but she just boom, and she puts him right down on the floor. And he's like, next, honestly, God, yeah, The next two days, uh, he was in there. He's like, I, I want to come and take a class. I, you guys are doing. She put. You wouldn't believe how she put me down. And, uh, and he just he became a dojo rat. He was in there all the time. He's, uh, you know, he got his black belt this last uh, last fall, and he's been with me for you know five, six, seven years. uh, Mm -hmm. but he, he's went through a number. He's one of my favorite students for coming back with stories of what he's used on the job and in training. Mm -hmm. And he even a couple of times has said, Aikido has taught me just like you were talking about earlier. It's taught me to be calm. I've Mm -hmm. seen situations that in my, you know, younger days I would have gotten amped up and I would use all my strength or all my power to try to overcome somebody. But I know I don't need to use all that. I've been able to use just a little bit, Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it, and it works great. We always talk about less is more, the less you use, the more effect you can have. And, uh, you know, he's even had an instance where, where, uh, some perp was doing something that he, it should have got him killed. It was almost Mm -hmm. a suicide by cop type situation. Mm -hmm. And he was able to intervene. He saved the guy's life, which means he saved some cop from having to shoot somebody and probably kill him and then have to move his family over here. A lot of times when, when a cop. Is involved in a in a fatal in a fatal shooting, to protect the the officer and his family, they'll often relocate him.
2: Okay, so you
0: know, get in a sticky situation, but you know, just and it would have been a nationwide media event, and this was probably a year and a half ago, so it was not that long, or two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So aikido, I think, not only from a physical standpoint is a blessing, but it's also what it does to your what to your does to your spirit. It makes you look at yeah. things in a different way in terms of uh, Mm -hmm. how can I solve this problem easier, smoother, quicker. Um, and, And going back to the club, you know, all the pros that I've ever worked with, you know, the ones that were always at the top of their game can deal with a violent situation and have that customer be willing to come back the next day. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Tonight, right now, you're just, this is not cool. You need to go home, come back when you're sober up. We'd love to have you drink here again or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you're that smooth and I think as a civilian, the same rules apply. If you can Mm -hmm. deal with somebody who's violent in such a great way that they can leave, not wanting to come back and knock your teeth out or come back and (laughs) shoot you you're doing great. Like to me, that's a great Mm -hmm. expression of the, the, that spiritual side of Aikido.
1: Yeah. True. True. So true. Aikido Taught me how to. I, my, one of my main issues was you not using my strength, mm-hmm. and I used to kind of. I always used to pit my strength against other people. Big guys always do, do that.
0: that that's yes, a common thing to have to overcome.
1: And what I what I learned was I remember being in a situation where somebody tried to force their way into the club, and I'm this guy was massive, and I'm pitting my strength trying to push him back. Now, I know Akido uh, has since taught me to, you know, I could have moved one side and spun him around and then take him out the same way he came and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different options, you know, I could have, you know, I could have instead of pitting my strength about we kind of locked arms and was kind of pushed each other out. I could have gone for the chin or something like that, you know, or, you know, I could have got him off balance and gone this way, but, you know, it was, I used to just pit my strength against people, but that's, it taught me not to do that, which in which is even better because it makes it almost like when, the, even in my, in my dojo, like I've, got do, I've got a dojo in, um, uh, called AZ self-defense, we call it. And um, I always try to, I always show, when I teach self-defense, I always show people, I'll grab somebody and I'll say, what's your main instinct? And they try to pull out. And when they try to pull out, I up my strength and they pull out more and I give more strength. And I always teach people that's what happens in a situation when you pit strength against people. You know, you they'll try to up their strength and you up your strength. They up their strength and then whoever's stronger will win. If you just relax and don't try to pit your strength against them, and then suddenly you just explode some movement, you'll have the advantage. You know, you just kind of you. It's it's if you try to someone grabs your wrist, you try to pull it out slowly. They'll strengthen that. But if you just kind of relax your wrist and suddenly whip it out, you know, you'll have more of a chance of getting away. Yeah. I always try to tell people, relax, don't try to use your strength. Just use your body movement and just try to get them off balance. And that's one of the best things about Aikido. You can pit yourself up against somebody who is much stronger than you.
0: Once a, one thing I've also noticed about real world exchanges is that placement where you are in relation to the other person is, is well, it's crucial in all arts, but in, in a civilian type situation, a lot of people don't move their feet. They don't notice somebody shifting off to a flank or they don't notice or adjust mm. like you True. see, like a, a really good judo competitor. He's always mm. moving his feet around because he mm. knows if he doesn't, he's going to get outmaneuvered. Yes. People normally don't appreciate just how much they're being outmaneuvered even by a small shift or a small control of distance or a, you know, turning your body a little bit. And I think yeah. those initial setups are things you don't, you never see them in a sport fight, really. <laughs> I mean, you see a version of them, but these athletes are, are watching for it. But when you're in a verbal exchange with somebody, a lot of times those things are never even noticed. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got a, a number of police officer friends that they'll never let somebody walk up straight and talk to them. They'll always turn to the yeah. side a little bit and sort of slip to the yeah. flank, <laughs> even bad. if they're best friends with you, because it's just a habit they build to always get mm-hmm. to a slight advantage position. Because you never know, you're never sure when mm-hmm. somebody approaches you, or at least yeah. they're not. You know, of course, they're on always a heightened sense of, you know, concern because mm-hmm. you know that's kind of their job. Um, yeah. But, but it's, it really comes down to that footwork and placement and being able to shift yeah. and do it subtly.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Positioning. positioning. You know, you need to push yourself in. in uh, I think we made a video on that a long time ago about how yeah. to position yourself in a fight. Yeah. But yeah, it's all about positioning and like mm-hmm. it can just, you know, get you ready for, for anything. Sure. For anything. And,
0: and if you're in the right spot, any uh, almost any arimi technique is going to work like a dream. I've found that Shomonate, Sayunage, tenshinage, and straight up ariminage are like magic yeah. when you're in the right place, and and you can kind of do it from a number of different places. But boy howdy, when you unleash that thing, it, it's it's just mm-hmm. a fantastic tool.
1: Yes, indeed. But I need to my battery's about to die. Oh sure. <laughs> I need to charge my phone. Sure, sure. Well, was there any,
0: any other subjects you wanted to get in? I realize we've been probably on for just about an hour now, which is a good good length for an episode. Was there? Any time?
1: <laughs> time flies. No, it does. no you know, I think I've kind of think I've kind of said covered a lot. You know, covered a lot. You know, I just I just love to talk about aikido. You know, what it's, what it's done for me. We're all just martial art geeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Like, true. I grew up like watching kung fu movies.
2: Oh, yeah, As me too. Know,
1: the old school kung fu movies, you know, like, you know, all the old school Jackie Chan stuff, John Loo, you know, Tino Wong, Billy Chong, all these yeah. old school. I actually met, I don't know if you've seen the film called Drunken Master.
2: Jackie yes, Chan I have. Movie.
1: Yep. The bad guy, Wang Jiang Li, Silver Fox, I met him in real life, you know. Really? Uh, so okay. When we came to England, I went and met him, shook his hands pictures, and that was like a moment for me. So I grew up watching Kung Fu movies, so it's kind of surprising how it was Aikido that really appealed to me. Because nice. I never kind of went to learn Kung Fu. I loved the movies, loved watching it. But it was a Steven Seagal movie mm-hmm. that just made me say, Nah, no, I I just like I like the way that that looks. I like the idea of that. I like the idea of being able to just you know use my hands and my you know my my momentum, the other person's strength against them. I just that just really appealed to me, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm surprised to this day, because I've got hundreds of kung fu movies, hundreds of them. And I'm just surprised that there was actually Aikido that. That really appealed to me.
2: Yeah,
0: that's really cool. Are, uh, are are you guys doing filming now for Aikido Flow, or is uh, you be able to kind of get get some more episodes coming out? Are we oh yeah
1: yeah, 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 definitely. We're going to. We're literally just kind of in the process of. We're about to do some more filming for it, so probably yeah. over the next two weeks, we're going to start filming some more, and do like another another season. Basically. Wonderful. So, So, yeah, we're just in the process of that now. So I'm looking forward to doing that. So getting together again. uh, We were supposed to do a lot of stuff in the summer, but obviously because of the COVID-19 and all that, we weren't able to get together. But now we're we're more, you know, comfortable. Now the government's relaxed their restrictions and we're no longer in lockdown. Mm -hmm. He said, we're going to do it. But before we'd all get together and do it, But so now we're going to just keep it to... A few people at a time. Sure. So we're gonna kind of do it in stages, but yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for coming
0: on the show. I encourage everybody if you haven't already uh, checked out the Aikido Flow channel on YouTube, definitely check that out. I appreciate it, Azu. Thank you for this conversation. I look forward to chatting again. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been great to chat to you.
0: Excellent. All right. You take care.
1: All right. Take care. All right. Thank
0: you very much for watching and supporting this podcast. Enjoy your training.